we are live. Hello, LinkedIn. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Analytica and Tribal Impact uh, LinkedIn Live. And we are here today joined by Sarah Fernandez from Red Hat. Uh, welcome, Sarah. Thank you Thank for joining you. us today. Thank you very much. Um, oh, that's all right. Now, we've we've known each other for quite a while, haven't we, Sarah? So I, I'm not even going to remember how many years. Um, At least five. Is it? I can recall, yeah. Right. <laughs> so when you were at Hitachi, but you're at Red Hat now and you're the Amir social media manager. So do you want to just give us a bit of an intro as to, you know, what you do and where you live in? Because you're not in the UK, so. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, thank you, Tim and Sarah, for inviting me. Um, so as you probably know, Sarah, I've been working in marketing for a long time. Uh, I was doing marketing when we met at Hitachi. Uh, but I always had that interest uh, about social media and employer advocacy and how to leverage someone's personal brand on online and, you know, and benefit both the person and the brand. So I started to do it like on top of my job. And um, I did that uh, for a long time at Hitachi. And then I moved to Exasol, which is a data analytics company. And I was doing, uh, I was the global social media manager there. And finally, this year, I, well, it's been a, a lot of changes this year. So I moved back after nine years in the UK, I moved back to Spain. Um, I must say COVID and Brexit didn't work out for me, uh, but yeah. Um, and then I, I also joined Red Hat in April as an EMEA uh, social media manager and it's it's I'm very happy to be here because number one the company and the culture itself it's it's amazing uh you never micromanage you're pretty much you have the autonomy to do um you know whatever you want to do or new ideas try new ideas and 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 try to make it like happen uh, and second, I get to work with a lot of different teams without different regions and different countries, which is what I love because I have this international background. So I do uh, help and replicate the content for the region that I manage, but also do some bits and pieces on employee advocacy. Um, we're going to start figuring out the program that I want to launch. Um, and yeah, and and. So, so far, so good. So I reckon we've got, we've got a couple of things that we can talk to you today about, haven't we? Which is the whole idea of being a social media manager and how you drive that program, but also your own journey as well, which I think would be quite interesting for folks. And hello, David. See you on the comments. Pop some comments in if anybody's watching live and ask some questions. So, and, it, and it doesn't matter if you're not called Sarah or Sarah, because I feel a complete no. imposter now that I don't have. Um, yeah, I'm speaking to, uh, yeah, they should get just, just a sort of Sarah and Sarah show. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's amazing to, to have you on here. And, you know, over the past kind of 12 years or so, when you've had this sort of different, different roles, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear a bit more about your personal social media journey. When you, when you started feeling like you were building up an audience and driving engagement, how you know, how long that took you and, and you know, how your routine has changed over the years? I think it also has to be with the fact that I'm a very social person myself. So um, one of the best or my favorite part of being a marketer is 
to interact with different people, to help people promote their content, to help them also promote themselves. So I was doing at that, I think since I started to work for IDC and that was back in 2014, um, because I remember, um, you know, uh, being able to take over the UK channels, um, figuring out ways of starting to promote uh, whatever events or reports or whatever through social media instead of just sending emails because I was realizing that the open rate wasn't great and that uh, people tend, you know, the, the, the mindset was shifting. So it wasn't about shouting out content. It was more about people were not stupid anymore. People were looking for content online. So you needed to be seen and you needed to be in the place where people were looking for content. And that was social media. And since I've always been working for B2B, specifically lending, that was the platform that I took over and that I realized was going to be more successful. So started to realize and, and you know, to, to look at older technology companies that were doing at the time. And I realized that, for example, visuals work much better than uh, any kind of link or press release or some you know boring stuff um also giving a personalized message um when people and that's when the employee advocacy part comes in um so i realized that if an analyst or someone from a technical background was posting something uh from the brand or not the brand but something like that they felt you know beneficial for their own network it was a hundred percent more uh, impactful and had more engagement than when the brand posted it as the brand. So I started to use all of those techniques, let's say that, um, for my marketing job. And it worked really well, especially with events, because, you know, as a marketer, you do a lot of events, you go to, and well, before you used yeah. to travel to places. And, um, and it was amazing um, how posting something live or pictures or videos, something like that, had, I don't know, maybe 50% more of engagement on that single post than just posting the regular corporate stuff. So that was my approach. And not only was I doing that, but I also started to train my colleagues on how could they do it themselves which is the most important part, because at the end of the day, you don't want to treat people as five years old, right? You don't want to spoon feed them all the time. You want them to learn and so they can leverage their own content and their own personal brand. So that was my, my journey so far. And then one day I realized, look, I want to do solely social media. This is what I'm passionate about. And I think I have enough knowledge now and skills to also help companies to, to do so. So that's when I decided to go um, as a social media manager. That just reminded me, actually, of something Daniel Guzman was once said, is that as social media managers, you, if you're trying to convince people in your company to do it, you've really got to do it yourself. And then I saw a post from Hootsuite on LinkedIn this week, which really made me laugh because they said, um, here's to all those social media managers that don't get ch chance to manage their own social media accounts and yeah. too busy managing the brand. So how do you balance that then, Sarah? Because you are a social media manager, so you're managing the brand channels, but you're also still very active as an individual, as a professional. So, mm -hmm. you know, how do you make the time to do that? Well, um, you're right. 
I don't have that much time now to uh, manage my own personal um, channels, but um, I must reckon that um, since I dedicate myself to B2B, it's easier to differentiate because um, I, obviously for the brand, it's pretty much LinkedIn and for my professional brand, let's say that. But then I use as a personal um, channel, I use Facebook to communicate with friends and family. And then I use Instagram to show off my outfits, basically. <laughs> and Philippa. <laughs> I need yeah. to find you on Instagram. Yeah. And, <laughs> and also to follow people and trends that I like and maybe copy any ideas that I see from some brands that I can then translate into B2B. But I do tend to differentiate a lot between these different channels. I know. And I know you're going to say, but Facebook is also beneficial and we do things on Facebook, but the trends that we're seeing is that really for us, it's, it's LinkedIn, uh, what's working. And so, yeah, I, I don't do as much as I used to do because honestly, I don't have the time. And honestly, since I'm thinking about ideas for the company the whole day, you know, after work, the last thing you want to do is sit on your table and start LinkedIn and all that. And especially since I live in Seville now. 40 degrees outside, you want to go outside and have a beer with your friends. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, I think that's going to be the, the key learning, how to run social media personally and professionally and be able to have a drink, you know, with your friends um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to get that work-life balance. Uh, I was fascinated to ask you about what you think the trends are with the different countries and the differing cultures, because you're a social media manager for EMEA. Mm -hmm. And you've obviously had a lot of experience in different countries within Europe. And whether people are listening in the US or people listening in APAC or, or EMEA, then obviously there's multiple different cultures to be able to communicate with. What, what are your thoughts on, you know, maybe the channels or the type of content that work in UK, France, Spain, Germany, Italy? Yeah, you know, um, well, I have... Um... A lot of experience, for example, in Northern EMEA, because I used to run that for Hitachi. So um, especially UK, Ireland, Netherlands and the Nordics. Uh, that's a very easy market, let's say, because they all speak English. So the way we communicate to them, it's pretty much similar. Um, they're also very direct, direct messages, uh, not that fluffy. So it worked really well. It works really well, but also in the UK, I, for example, I noticed that people like to uh, see content that's more personal. Um, using emojis works a lot in the UK, for example, like, yay, and things like that. Like, for example, not in the US, but yes, in the UK. And for the rest of the market, I would say it's very important to release content in their own language. Meaning, for example, if you are talking to Spain, it has to be in Spanish. You're talking to Israel, it has to be in Israeli, French, Italian, German. So that's that would be my, my key mm -hmm. takeaway. You need to speak to on their own languages in those places, which, you know. But fortunately, I work with great colleagues um, all over those places. Those So they, we have like local social media managers for Dach, for Iberia, for France, and they're able to translate and localize the content for their own countries. Mm. But yeah. So, yeah, you said about language, and I'm also wondering, actually, just, and I know we're jumping from, you know, your role and your brand and all that, but I was thinking about, you know, you mentioned earlier about trying to get employees to be more active. Mm 
Um, and how do you get, how do you convince employees to do that? Especially you've worked in the tech sector, right? So yeah. technical experts typically are pro- have the potential to be your strongest influencers, but yeah. also are your busiest and probably not really interested in being famous or celebrity is probably in I'm quoting what I've heard from technical experts so I'm quite interested how you've managed that in the past how do you convince them to be on social well I think there are like two key um pets uh uh where you can take them aboard um one of them is training and Mm -hmm. also you have to bear in mind these people tend to be very analytical so Mm through training, but most importantly, showing them numbers. Here's what you can get if you do X, Y, Z. Here's how you do it. Like explaining to them very clearly, okay, step one, two, three, and these are the results that you can get. So with metrics, that works really well with these analytical people. And the second thing that you need to have is the um, leadership support. Because if your leadership team is behind you and they do it and they encourage their teams to do it because it's important and you explain to them why is it important not only for themselves as individuals but also for the brand, then it's it's really essential that they're behind it. So those yeah. are the two key elements, I would say. Mm. What about culturally as well? Do you find that experts or technical experts in the UK are more likely to say, yeah, I'm all in, I'll give that a go. And maybe, I don't know, I'm just picking on, say, Germany. Maybe then they're a little less likely to do it. Do you see any cultural differences there as well? Well, yes. I mean, um, obviously, um, there are like cultures that are more, let's say, confrontational or more restricted or more conservative than others Mm -hmm. um in the uk yes absolutely you tell anyone hey do you want to talk about this yeah yeah yeah, i'll do that um Mm -hmm. in germany obviously but we have very good people in germany as well we have very good people everywhere so i think it's a it's a matter of training them yeah because and this is the the main problem that i have encountered whenever i want to do something uh, employee advocacy related is that people, it's not that people don't want to do it, it's that people don't know how to do it. And mm-hmm. they're afraid. And they're like, oh my God, I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna say. I don't know how to do it. Am I gonna do something that you know it's gonna be detrimental for my brand or for the company? That's why, again, training, having a, a solid training for them, it's really important to get them on board. Mm. Um, so one, th- one thing that I wanted to ask, and I know um, Sarah, the tribal impact study. Uh, that you did was it uh one and a bit years ago now in terms of uh, one of the key findings was that people didn't see the business impact of their social media activities so um sarah asking you that that question do you feel like that's one of the biggest challenges that your exec leaders have like be able to connect up their social account with business impact or do you think that they understand that and it's more how to do it which is the key challenge I think through through all of these years that I have been working in social media, I've seen a little shift, which is, you know, before the leadership and, and people in general in the company, they thought like, yeah, social media is playing on the internet and posting stuff. And yeah, oh, but um, I see people, you know, that are really understanding what social media is and how can it help 
to amplify the message of the company. Now, this is something that I tell everyone, especially in B2B, no one's going to go on social media to buy from you, like number one. So you're not going to have like a link and people are going to click and going to buy. What you do through social media is building a relationship with your audience. Uh, and the reason is because when they think about purchasing any product or service or they're looking for some solution, the first people that will come to their minds is your company because you have been talking about these topics with that person or that audience before. So they will say, okay, these guys know what they're talking about. Let's, let's ask, let's, let's talk. Um, so I don't think that they don't see the, uh, value of social media. It's, it's, you know, it's harder to demonstrate, especially in organic social, how can it impact? But I think since we have like good, uh, platforms now, um, for employee advocacy, like for example, we use Sprout Social and Babu. So okay. you can have a lot of, um, different metrics and reports that you can show on, for example, number of engagements, reach, uh, value, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they can have like numbers at least, and they can see, okay, this is growing. The audience is growing the engagement, which is to me, the most important metric, um, it's growing. And then, you know, they, they buy into it generally. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause it's about, um, you know, it's as much about the mindset, I think, and the skill set as it is about the tool set. And I think that's a, quite often a conversation we have on these, which is we, we often give our employees tool, but they don't know why they're using it or how. Um, and that is a problem. And I don't go teaching them how when they don't actually know why, because then they mix up their content strategy. So totally with you on there. I have to do a little shout out. Hi, Eva. Thank you. To Eva Westberg, Hayden. yeah, I haven't seen you for a while. Hope you're still on. Um, and we also had a question here as well. I'm going to, it's quite a long one, but I'm just going to summarize it. What if your employees are engaged on social media, but not, maybe not so many different channels? How do you get them more comfortable with trying other channels? So I'm going to maybe put a bit of context around that. Maybe somebody's quite comfortable on LinkedIn, but what if they maybe want to move into, and I certainly, we do a bit of work with Red Hat, and I know, um, you know, some of the communities are quite strong for Red Hat audiences. So how do, how do you move people into like Reddit and other communities? How do you encourage them to try new things and, and take risks and maybe start on Twitter or, or do you not? Do they find their own way? Um, I'm not particularly a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of having more quality than quantity to start mm -hmm. with. So you don't have to be everywhere to establish a good connection with your audience. You need to find where your audience is. For example, I've realized being in, 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 the, in the tech industry that um, a lot of technical people are on Twitter because a lot of conversations technical conversations happen there, but the business people are on LinkedIn. So it depends on your position and what you want to get. If you just want to be seen as the expert in this subject matter and you want to talk about coding and stuff like that, you probably will need to be on, on Twitter. But if you're more on the business enablement and stuff like that, you definitely need to be on LinkedIn and you don't necessarily need to be on both of them. Um, if someone is, you know, really interested in, in learning more about, um, another, um, channel, I have trainings for, for Twitter as well. I mean, in this case, obviously, I mean, channels are Twitter and LinkedIn because we're B2B. So 
any of those, I can provide the training and I can provide like a consultation for that. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of impact on Instagram yet for mm. these big tech companies. We will see how it goes and how it transitions. And I'm seeing um, a decline in on Facebook. So, yeah. yeah. You're not mentioning are, are TikTok. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. No. Uh, you have to ask that because we, we're, we're just getting a sense with all of our audience to see whether TikTok's featuring uh, a lot. Is it is it personal usage or have you not have you not uh, used it yet? I I personally think it's for B two C companies more than B two B. Yet mm. we need to find our niche and we need to find our way. But again, I don't see the need because I've seen some companies doing it and honestly to have like a hundred followers and doing it for the sake of it i don't find the value there yet it's like mm. this what is this platform that everybody was talking about on the pandemic like this podcast thingy oh yeah um do you know can't you clubhouse. nobody nobody remembers clubhouse yeah yeah exactly so everybody it was like so hyped like oh yeah everybody's there everybody's there how many people are there now yeah do you still go on clubhouse tim does well, anybody it, watching still go on clubhouse it, 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 it is it is interesting about that because you know we both were very very active on clubhouse and i really enjoyed the chats and there was all mm -hmm. and, you know the, and our audience was there and we were having a great time i think for about six months and then i think the notifications became so much and mm -hmm. uh then a few people dropped off it and yeah, you know, we just continued speaking to the same people, but just on different channels. And, and actually, I flip between Clubhouse or Twitter or LinkedIn or, or wherever people are. Um, and I don't really mind. Like, I'm just happy to speak to the same people. But I appreciate that when you're a global social media manager or social media across Europe, it's, it's important to be able to train up the how-to tactics on different channels. And so it must be a nightmare when all the channels change, because I know that you know, we went through a couple of months of lots of brands asking us, like, what should our clubhouse strategy be? And then three months later, it was, what, what should our TikTok strategy be? Yeah. And I imagine, I imagine it's quite hard to, to be able to scale this, Sarah, as a, you know, when with the changing social media landscapes. Yeah. And I think it also depends again. Um, and as David uh, mentioned in the chat, TikTok, yes, it can be for telling attraction, but, um, for example, in my particular position, there is um, a, a team uh, for talent attraction and they, they do their own stuff for mm -hmm. EMEA and for Global. So um, I think they use in some Instagram as well, which I don't because my part is different. Mine, mine is more on the business side and obviously I need to be where the business decision makers are. Um, but I, I don't... I don't see like the need of being everywhere. No. Whenever oh, you don't got time. <laughs> no. Well, you don't have time. Also, people get confused. Um, I don't know. I, I know that new generations are coming and this will change, obviously. Um, as the decision makers are becoming younger and younger, you will need or we will find new ways of communicating with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the moment, this is how I see it and how it's working. Mm. I'll be interested to know. So, Dave, you've mentioned Clubhouse on, on the chat, whether you're still on Clubhouse. I can't remember going in there. I haven't been in there for a long time. So maybe, maybe we'll 
start again. I don't know. But TikTok, I am actually on TikTok now, um, Tim. So I have progressed. I have an account, uh, but there's nothing up there. So I am actually just following different brands just to see what they're doing. I'm experimenting just to well, see. I, I'm going to be with my in-laws from tomorrow and they are on TikTok all the time. So it's usually I learn much more when I hang out with them. Um, <laughs> so I'll probably get more into it over the next week. Um, I, I want to ask you, um, uh, Sarah, on a personal level, uh, what are the what are the sort of best um, sort of anecdotal stories that you can tell us about? You know what you got from social media. Like what what opportunities has uh, you being on social media presented? I mean, you've got five thousand people, you know, in your direct audience. That you're obviously someone who's prevalent in there. What 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 benefits has you having a social media presence given you? Um, personally. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's very, um, it has helped me first of all, to create my personal brand, to strengthen my credibility as a professional. And I'm talking, uh, from a professional perspective here because we are on LinkedIn. So I think it's, 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 it's about it. Um, also to attract opportunities and to uh, increase my network and to learn. I often come to social media to learn from experts, from people that I follow, from people who are like more senior than myself. And so I can learn from them. How do they do this? How do they do that? Uh, about new trends, about new platforms, about new channels. So um, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's about increasing your own personal value, but also about learning. Uh, especially in a field like social media, where it's constantly changing, constantly adding new features, you need to be on it to be good at it. Because if you pretend to just be there like one time, like, I don't know, once a week, no, you cannot do that. You need to be there every day and be aware and be a sponge, right? So yeah, I think both, it, it brings value to my personal brand and also gets me an opportunity to learn constantly. I think that is a very under talked about feature of social media, especially when we're trying to, all, you know, talk to employees and engage them and empower them to use social. They don't, they see it really, I think, traditionally as a broadcast platform, don't they? And they think, oh, you just want to use me as a channel to get your content out there. When actually, I think learning is a huge part. I mean, you've touched on it there, which is, you know, you go there to connect with experts, to learn from the latest thinking, to broaden your knowledge, increase your value, further increase your credibility. And I don't, you know, that bit's not talked about very much. And I think, you know, that's a, it's an interesting one. And I think, therefore, do you see um, a connection between marketing and HR and L&D? Do you think that's getting a bit closer? Because that's something we've observed. Um, there's a relationship there that's getting closer. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, uh, talent attraction has become one of the major challenges lately for, for brands and for companies. Uh, we've seen like the big resignation uh, recently. And it's true, like, yeah, you know, they, they're, they're fighting for the best talent. So having a strong social media presence uh, to not only show what you sell, your product services or whatever, but also your culture, and what can you do for your employees? And what will your employees can expect from you if they work for your company it's it's essential um 
and and also marketing it's obviously using uh social media but not only for you know uh promoting like traditionally promoting their events or these on that and that but also they they are promoting their own culture as well as a team so here's how we celebrate that or this is how we get together to do some something and and it's it's amazing and that's exactly the kind of content that people engage with the most so mm. personal content personal i mean content that talks to human beings not just as a brand yeah so so would you when you're talking to exec leaders about this are they trying when you're you're helping them become more social and and helping them on their journey are they constantly asking how is this going to drive more revenue amongst our top accounts or are they asking you about about learning opportunities how they can learn more do, do you see that that changes in the individual perspective of the people that you're trying to to help activate or do you see it that it's just a trend in terms of the the, the departments coming together um well i the first thing that i tell them is as i mentioned before um social media for b2b is not a platform it's not social selling it's not selling per se and as sarah knows it's about building trust and a relationship that can ultimately mm -hmm. lead to business yes but it's not something that's gonna happen overnight so they mm -hmm. need to understand that concept so people won't go to social media or to linkedin to hey i want like two three softwares or two or three whatever um licenses no they go to your con uh, to your page to learn about your brand uh but not only about what you sell to learn about your culture to learn about your csr uh activities because people have a lot of different um aspects that they care about before they're gonna buy from you so not only the price and not only the service it's also about is this company really taking care of climate change or charity or doing things or how do they take care of their employees so um they don't necessarily that that was a question that they used to ask like previously and years ago when people didn't really know what was social media was more about followers and that's it uh now it's more about engagement uh because uh in my opinion that's when you see that your content is really being um you know consumed and that's when people are reading you and people are realizing about your values what you can offer etc etc so yeah so on that you manage the brand channels in amir so how are you creating more employee creative content how because we often talk about putting employees in front of the logo um mm -hmm. therefore i always think you know certainly on platforms like linkedin and twitter the brand should be retweeting and resharing employee content shining a spotlight on the people that are behind the logo not necessarily mm -hmm. the logo um so how it was quite interesting because of the role that you're in i'm wondering and the connection that you have with employee advocacy how how i mean it's a bit early days for you red hat but yeah. you've got <laughs> ideas or uh, you know what what's she thinking um so yes they're like they're very early days um um it's it's it, in red hat it's more complicated because as you can imagine i think we have like a million something followers on linkedin um we have loads of content 
from different regions. So, I mean, it's impossible. We cannot just like reshare people's like content because that would be my my solid job for the whole day. So we cannot do that. So, and then it'd be it'd be hard to get a beer with some friends in the sun. Exactly. So, yeah. um, so what we do is um, we uh, select or I select the content for my region. I do uh, geotarget it. So, yeah. you know, only people in my in my market can see it. Um, and in terms of social media employee advocacy, uh, I don't think there has been a solid plan yet at Red Hat. And that's when I want to really make a difference. And I think the first step for me is I'm going to have a, a call with the leadership team in EMEA because we want to lead the process here and I want them to understand the process and I want them to support me. Uh, some of them are very like eager to do it. So I think it's going to work. Um, and my plan is to start with maybe the pioneers in this team, like choose maybe three or four people. They're very into, you know, trying it, uh, train them and do some consultancy with them, see about their, you know, the profiles and the frequency and this and that and that and start working with them. And then when we see like some results, we can show the results to the rest of the team. And also maybe we can get involved like the regional managers and start mm -hmm. like that. But yeah. it, it has to start somewhere because this is a, like, I don't know how many people are in the company, maybe 30,000. As you can imagine, I can be training 30,000 people, but it needs to start like in small groups, I think first yeah and when we see you know the results then we can extend that and we can show that as a proof that okay this is what you can get if you do this and you know the the famous coffee routine five minutes a day or 10 <laughs> minutes a day um and yeah and and i'm gonna try that i've got some coffee mats in here actually up there in fact i'm gonna get one only because i need to switch the light back on it's a bit dark in here okay it worked <laughs> it was it almost it came on without you even even walking over so but i knew that was going to happen on this i knew the light was going to go off i need to be i need to move the desk a bit further that way still trying to get into this office so so, so, so what do you sorry what, what do you think are the the biggest challenges to to scale uh for employee advocacy currently um, I think, again, I, I think people just don't know what it is and don't know how to do it. And that, yeah. that is the main problem here. Cause as Sarah said, you can give people a platform without explaining to them, why are we having this platform? How can we leverage this and the most of the benefits that we can get from it? You cannot just say, okay. Here's a platform and this is how it works. Go. So yeah. I think training is essential. Uh, having sessions with them, teaching them not only about the platform, but about, you know, this is how you build your uh, personal brand on LinkedIn. This is how you have to do it. And and also tell them the, do the do's and don'ts because, you know, some people tend to share everything, which is not what we want. Uh, some people don't really personalize the message and 
that also it's it's not a good practice uh, for me because you know they all sound the same and look the same. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a matter of you know consistency with training, consistency with teams, um, testing because obviously not everybody's going to be social, uh, and that's okay. But you need to you know lead with examples, and you have to have like a few pioneers and a few team leaders. Um, within different teams mm. but yeah Start you can you can expect people to do things that they don't know how to do it no i think that's the biggest mistake actually start small gain traction get evidence take it back start scaling when you said what's the challenges with scaling i thought you were going to say me i can't scale sorry <laughs> <laughs> not enough of me it's not enough time yeah. but i think i think this is really interesting because social media has been around for so long now and mm -hmm. we all feel like it's intrinsic into the value that everyone delivers. But yet we're still starting at at the bottom with a lot of people as starting at zero. Yeah. And and so therefore it's almost you know a conundrum of okay, we know that training and education is key, but is it the quality of the training or the mediums or how we train which are which are holding us back? Because ultimately we've got to be the solution to these challenges. I mean, in 10 years time, you know, we probably won't be having a conversation saying execs don't get social media. Mm. But and that's why I think, Tim, it's um, the, I, I'm seeing um, uh, more and more professionals on employee advocacy. So employee advocacy professionals, so positions solely for mm -hmm. employee advocacy, because a lot of companies, and especially in the tech industry, they're realizing the power of it. So before it was the marketing person doing the social media, the employee advocacy, the everything. And now we and I'm seeing like, you know, very different roles for different things. And that's when you can really escalate and you can really roll up a good program because yes, it's true. I mean, it's completely different. You just like, just say, send a video to someone and say, here's a video of the training and you know, you do it yourself and good luck. But if you have someone like myself or any other professional and you go and, and you are with the people, you are a human being, they can ask you questions, they can go back to you and, and you can follow up with them and they see that there's someone behind it that can understand their pain points and, and, and you know, and, and you can help them really. Um, mm -hmm. the, the human value in this type of things, it's really important. And there's there's a part of that which I think is embedding behavior change. And, um, you know, it's more than a tool and it's more than it's changing mindsets and 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 it's a blended approach. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, self-service training, coaching, one to one support, someone, a community that you can build where you can ask each other questions. It's all of that. You know, and it's not just one, it's not one hour webinar and then job done, exactly. everybody's converted. It does not, the change management does not happen like that. It's a program. And it, um, it, it, exactly, couldn't, couldn't agree more. And it's also not having a massive training center with all the resources because there's no shortage of training with a lot of these companies. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and after the pandemic, especially, people don't really want to see like another video, the training webinars and stuff like that, because we've had like thousands of it. And I'm the first one. Like if someone tells me, oh, you need to learn something like in this video. And I say, no, no way. I'm not. No. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I 
rather have someone who's an expert explaining to me, okay, this is how you do it. And if you have any questions, you can ask me and stuff like that, because that's, that's how it's all. Preferably face to face would be much better because you know that that kind of flavor it's different when you are face to face but yeah we will see what happens with the traveling and so stuff. are you yeah i was gonna ask about that because you know with working with brand i can think of four to ten years ago there would be people who would run a program that would fly to every single country mm -hmm. and and mobilize the troops and you know sit in japan sit in germany sit in the uk sit in the us and understand the nuances go out for dinner you know, really understand the problems and be able to sort of you know communicate that change management and embedded behaviors mm -hmm. do, do you feel like that's coming back now do you feel like you will travel to i to don't know we need to we need to make a plan first we need to see how it goes and i think you know as we see the need and we roll out the program um we will see but that would be the ideal outcome because uh it's I can tell you it's it I've done it like face to face and I've done it like remotely and it's not the same. But mm -hmm. people buy more into it if you're like with them doing stuff on site with them showing them no you need to change these and you need to do that and stuff like that and but we will yeah. see how it goes hopefully. Yeah, it's a completely different dynamic. We're, yeah, I mean, yeah. we're starting to do a lot more face-to-face -face now, actually, traveling to places, and it is a different dynamic. But I think those high-cost, high-expense investments need to be for your most advanced users that potentially, yeah, you know, yeah. you, can, you can scale basic training to the masses, but you can do your more high-touch, high-cost training to your experts, potentially, mm -hmm. um, yes. to shift them and, you know, elevate them a little bit. So I'm curious, Sarah, and I'm going to ask you this question from a two-sided approach. What would you say to someone, both in your role, um, who is about to launch an advocacy program, because you've done this sort of thing before in previous companies, what would you say to them to get started? But also, what would you say to somebody who wanted to build their personal brand, which you've also been successful at? What would you say to them to get started? You know, so I'm thinking both role and your professional brand. Um I would pretty much uh, talk to them and will tell them about my personal experience uh, on social media, sp specifically uh, on LinkedIn, how I got to, you know, increase my value, increase my credibility, trust, being seen as an expert in my area, which is at the end of the day, what you want to be recognized for. Um, also, obviously, if you're in sales, I mean, it's an, a no brainer. I mean, what are you doing <laughs> if you're not on social media, man? Like, because um, everybody's looking for information way before they start to think about buying something on social. So um, I think I, I learned it in, in one of your trainings, um, the fact that, you know, the silent uh, buyer, right? Mm. The people are looking at different information, different content. And then they will decide once they make their mind, made up their mind, then they will go and have that conversation with, you know, the salesperson or whatever. But first you need to build that trust. Yeah. So it will depend on the position of that person. If that person, for example, is in HR or recruiter, yes, you need to be there as well because you need to show the culture. You need to also attract the best talent. You need to be seen as a very forward thinking company and you need to, you know, you need to be where your target audience is, right? Uh, and that means, again, if you are 
for example, recruiting for very young people or graduates and stuff like that, maybe you should be thinking about, you know, having an Instagram or a TikTok because yeah. a lot of them are there. Um, if you're recruiting for more senior people, obviously you need to be on LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, it depends on, on your position, but definitely there are benefits for everyone. Mm. Yeah. I was just, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's great. And I just had uh, one last question for me. With your personal routine, when do you, when do you go on to, uh, how, how do you approach social media personally? Some people say, I'm going to look at it three times a day and I'm going to post up around these four hashtags and this is my very focused strategy. And other people just clock onto social media like when they wake up and every single second of the day when they get some time. Like, how do you approach your personal social media usage? Well, as you can imagine, I'm the whole day on social media <laughs> but because I work on that. But yeah, for my personal one, it's it's I, I am like any other person, which is morning, like before getting to get that's a good good time for posting. Remember, guys, mm. before you start working, because a lot of people are checking on social media. Um, also, um, I tend to do it like before I start working and after I work, uh, for my personal stuff for work, I take a look like, yeah, I don't know, a lot of times, um, but, but personal, but personally it would be that eight to nine in the morning and then, yeah. you know, five, five to 6 PM. Yeah. Because I also need to detox. You kind of be like, yeah. um, you know, the whole day, like, no, it's, it's, it's also healthy and, and especially for people who are not very savvy, I would say, um, if they just spend maybe 10 minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening or something like that, they will see, yeah, maybe comment, doing some comments, like shares, stuff like that. You don't need a lot of time. You need to be there 24 seven. But I suppose, I suppose um, that you mean your Facebook activity or your personal, personal stuff, don't you? Rather than your personal account on LinkedIn and Twitter. Well, yeah. my day, personal yeah. accounts, those are professional accounts, let's say. I consider LinkedIn both personal and professional because, mm -hmm. you know, obviously I'm not going to talk about politics or anything else like that on LinkedIn. I do that on Facebook, but because Facebook is private and I'm all only connected to people I know. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and, and yes, even for Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that, I do it in the evening, like... Mm -hmm probably before dinner or something like that or after mm. dinner when I'm more relaxed and you know but those are different channels like I would never go to LinkedIn I never go to LinkedIn for example in the evening like at nine nah. or a Saturday no. lots of people talk about posting on Saturdays don't they I've done it I've done it it depends yeah. on what you do it for like I remember mm. Exosol uh, we did um the company was the um sponsor for the German national team and oh, so yeah. there were like some uh, matches on a Saturday and we posted about uh, statistics and um, animations and stuff like that. And that worked really well. Okay. But if it's business stuff, yeah, it doesn't I'm really trying. matter. Doesn't matter I think you touched on a, a topic there, actually, which I think is for another time, but digitally disconnecting. Uh, I remember talking to Lee Welch at, at Microsoft about this very passionate topic for him, which is especially for social media managers who are always on all the time. You've got to be watching for crisis, watching for things that are bubbling up, watching for, you know, things that shouldn't be on there and 
Um, how does a social media manager disconnect? I'm feeling like that could be a blog post or something. But yeah. Definitely. You know what I mean? And getting the tips from the community. <laughs> I think yeah, because, be because no, I think that's really important because yeah, if I look at my own channels, it's it's really the personal channels on business and the personal channels to contribute to the company. But you've got your personal personal, and then you've got your personal professional, and then you've got your business professional, and you're meant to be manning the social media channels for crisis. So you've got probably three to four times what I would be thinking about. Mm. And and that's quite a lot. And I hadn't necessarily appreciated that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, you need to like this stuff to work yeah. in it because I but we are all different. And I and I say this to a lot of people like, how can you do that? Well, for example, I am terrible at admin. I hate admin. Like I've always done it. Like whenever I had to raise a PO in any company, it was a nightmare for me because I'm so bad at it. But there are some other people in the team that loves it. They are very, a lot of people are very organized and they love stuff like that. So we are all different. And they tell me, I hate social media. That's okay. I mean, we don't have to be like exactly the same. That's why there are teams and some people are good at some things and some people are good at other things. So yeah, yeah it is what it is. It's been wonderful. Thank you, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> I'm even getting confused myself. Oh, for goodness sake! <laughs> well, I think I think we'll wrap it up there. So, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming. I mean, honestly, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm really pleased you're settling in at, at Red Hat. It's brilliant. So, um, but and anybody's watching this or watching this on recording, you can always find this on the resources pages of Analytica and Tribal Impact, so you can watch the. Uh, the recording back if you missed the the first part you can always watch it back and get some tips so but uh, thanks for everyone who's watching and all the comments that we got all about tiktok and b2b and talent attraction and clubhouse that one came up again so thank you for all of that and uh, to you sarah so thank you so much chat. guys and always a pleasure all thank right you, sarah. take good care thank bye. you bye bye, -bye.